All right, y'all. Welcome to the commentary for seminar episode 101. Breaking into a new century of episodes and perhaps even time itself. Uh, with us today <laughs> is uh, VC Morrison as our new writer of the rappers. Hello. We've also got Tilly and Susan Bridges popping in as writers of Bits and Bobs, our first short. Hello. Hi there. And returning once again is Patrick Regan, wrote, uh, writer of One for the Road, our second short. How y'all doing? Oh, yeah. I'm doing all right. How, how is everybody doing? <laughs> doing fine. Uh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> 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 yeah well i mean 2021 it's it's um improving who knows uh, anyway <laughs> i wouldn't go that far but yeah we are here and it is a lovely tuesday evening and we are all together here to discuss seminar what could be better i can't disagree that's right vincent these are your first rappers it's yes. exciting it's it an is event exciting. it is wow <laughs> So while and this new theme song is freaking awesome, by the way. Oh, thank you. That's right. That was Garen. All Garen. This new theme song is yeah. so good. Yeah, I just, I, I did, like, actually, I, I may have to update the way we credit it, because it was inspired by your previous theme song, VC. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I could hear that. Because uh, I was like, oh, I really like that bump, bump, bump on the beginning, and it's about the same tempo. Yeah. And then the choral section here at the end is... Based off of the uh, the line you put in there, in, in like the main melody. Yeah. So, yeah. Inspired by. <laughs> I am honored. Yeah. And I got shivers listening to it. It was just like, wow, this is, this is the next level of seminars. Amazing. So, yeah, it's just woohoo. Great stuff. Yeah, and I'm excited to be a part of it, honestly. Like, thank you all for... for making this a thing that could happen. Mm. But now we're into the first rapper, so VC, yeah. how was it for you picking up the thread of the story, like uh, just jumping in right after the kind of big events of 100? It was very weird. I mean, um, I think I think well, the seminar has been around for a long time. It's been, 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 around, it's been around 400 episodes, and there's been a lot of story uh, in that time. We've, 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 we've uh, shifted a lot. And when I was directing um, before, I kept thinking, you know, it would be great to get back into a classroom setting because I really liked that. You know, it felt good, and and and, and of, course, of course, of course, the name, the name, the name of the show is Seminar. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um. So when I had the opportunity to to, 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 to step in, it was like, oh, I have an idea. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Is the shuttle still searching for the ark? So over the course of the next few episodes, we will see new getting into a getting into a classroom setting where they will um, teach aliens all about humanity. Oh, that's cool. Which I guess is a uh, spoiler at this point, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's a bonus for people who come to the commentary. That's right. Yeah. A little teaser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I actually I have been going back to the first episodes of Seminar to kind of see where everything came from, and uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. You're flipping the script on its head then, because you know uh, they were all students at first learning, and now hmm? the student hmm? has become the teacher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I believe I believe Alice for a while was a uh, teacher before things blew up. Hmm. She was sort of teaching um, Alex and Thomas a bit. She kind of filled that role for a while. Yeah, but before, I thought before, perhaps I'm wrong. But anyway, yeah, so this is uh, going to be a whole new thing of 
of new teaching. Um, so yeah, when I when um, when I listen, this was actually the, the first time of me hearing new the, the character. Um, the actually, oh wow, that's new. Yeah, <laughs> that's entirely new. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was not quite expecting this. So, so I go back, listen to uh, listen to uh, episode ninety nine. Um, like oh, okay, yeah, there there they are. <laughs> so wow, this is very exciting. But if it's not. And now we're heading into Bips and Bobs, is it? Bips and Bobs, yep. Yep. Right, right. Tilly and Susan wrote this together. Tilly and Susan, please take it away. <laughs> yeah, so the first thing I thought when I saw this is like, I've seen scripts from Tilly. I've seen scripts from Susan. I have not seen a script from Tilly and Susan. So <laughs> how often does this kind of team up happen for you two? Um, 99% of the time, most of our writing is as a team. The That's only true. time we write solo is our Kingery scripts and the seminar scripts we've done. Otherwise, we're always, uh, we always write as a team. So this is our first, um, team written script for Pendant. Is it really? Yep. So adorable. Wow. <laughs> All right. And the, the follow-up question for that has got to be, who's Bits and who's Bob's? <laughs> well, I think everyone knows who's the cranky one knows. and who's the happy one. <laughs> oh, Although I have to say, Bits is the happiest robot I've ever heard. Yes. <laughs> My whole life. <laughs> Pardon me for cutting in on someone else's script, but I will say, having read a number of your work, Tilly and Susan, this is by far and away the most you script I have ever heard. <laughs> and I know that I said that about your last script, but I was very wrong. This is way more the two of you. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. Yeah. Patrick's read a lot of our stuff, so if anyone knows, I mean, I would consider Patrick pretty well qualified. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah when I was casting this and I was reading this script, I totally heard Gurr from um, Invader Zim as Bits. And I didn't really have a preconceived notion for Bob's, but uh, yeah, when I heard Chris Bauso's audition, I was just like, oh my God, there it is. I love his energy. It's kind it's... of amazing. And what's really hilarious is that, um, so Zach actually wanted to, if possible, do like a read through with Chris beforehand or like talk about their approach, but it just didn't happen. So after Chris sent in his lines, I just shared them with Zach. And I could tell that in a lot of his, his like, um, he was responding to what Chris did a lot. And he's like, adjusting volume levels. You could stop yelling at me at any time. You know, like, yeah. it was uh, hilarious. I got some great outtakes for this episode. Hmm. So you, you know, this script, I was just going to say that it, it came about because um, early on in lockdown during pandemic, uh, there's a TV writer showrunner on Twitter uh, whose name is Jeff Lieber, and he was posting writing prompts just as something to keep us all active and engaged while we were at home and had nothing to do. And this uh, short came about because of one of those where the prompt was just light. And so uh, Susan and I were we did like three or four of them, I think. And uh, this one was our favorite. And uh, yeah, it just came about because we're like, what could we do with the theme of light? And and what would that be? And so that's where the whole thing came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I gotta say, like, each one of you made me cry in this episode, in this, in this uh, episode of Seminar. Aww. Um, 
But the end of this one is the only one that made me cry reading the script. Aww. <laughs> and I was just sitting there imagining these two robots, like, holding hands for eternity yeah. in the darkness. And I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> it's a little heartbreaking. It gets you right there inside. Yeah, and especially VC, like how you picked up that thread in the uh, the second wrapper. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, they were. Like as soon as I, I started putting it all together, I was just like, oh my god, they're so lost. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it fit because, you know, because they're also two beings just, you know, lost and probably going to die. So, well, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Nice knowing you. <laughs> I'm glad I'm with you. <laughs> Garen, I wanted to say my favorite thing that you did in this whole thing were all the little 8-bit noises that pop up. Oh, my God. It's, uh, there's, that wasn't in the script. That was just a, and it fits the characters so well. I love them. Yeah, because I, I was working on them, and I'm like, okay, so... So when I chose, came time to choose the robot sounds, I was like, okay, I'm going to make bits a little lighter, a little happier. And then I, I heard these, like, giant, like, Goliath robot sounds. And I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's Bob's. <laughs> uh, but I needed something extra to kick up bits because he had so much energy. And I was like, oh, I make my own sound effects when I walk around. So does he. <laughs> Because I, I like, I go up to a door. I'm like, you know, pick up something out of the drawer. I'm like, it just happens all the time. I love it because I just, I just picture like, I don't know. In my head, there's like some kind of a like, faces are maybe like digital with like lights. And so when, when he makes those sounds, I just picture like a little image flashing up on his face, like oh, a little yeah, exclamation sure. point or something as when they pop up. That's exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> love it yeah like when he when he's because like he has these moments where he's like oh that's bad bing but i'm positive <laughs> and i just imagine yep. like a big smiley face on this lcd screen you know <laughs> oh man i'm glad that came through and i think thing, the thing that affected me the most is just the way that bobs slowly warms to bits through this difficult time because, mm -hmm. like, in the beginning, they're just like, ugh, work. But then there's this crisis, and Bob's could continue being a jerk about it. But instead, he almost kind of, like, he, he, like, worries about bits and tries to show some warmth even though he can't really, you know? So it's just, mm -hmm. like, the high-five moment, that, that was a big one for me. <laughs> what? There's so much less uh. sunlight each day. <laughs> So when you guys, like, something else that, that jumped into mind as I was, as working on this was um, Wally. I'm sure. And I, I don't know if that was an influence for you guys for this or not, but, um, you know, just like the interaction between the robots falling in love thing. I don't think that was an active influence at all. Wally? No, but I can see why people might think that. Sure, there are parallels, but I don't think we were intentionally pulling from that or trying to reference it or anything. It was just... Yeah, we... But when you think about a short like this, and, you know, it's centered around this concept of light, and the light is going out, 
And where do you take that? Well, then you increase the light in the characters between each other, right? To sort of mirror and counter that. And so I, that it just sort of all came organically from the the prompt, from the idea. So um, that was really all that I think was going through our heads when we wrote it. Really, they gave us like a limited time to write it. So it was, yeah, it was like twenty four hours. We wrote it really fast. Post your script in twenty four hours or something. No, it's not even. It was like one hour. It was like or two hours. It was. He did, a, he did really short. short. It was like let's do this right now, everybody, and we'll have fun. And so yeah. And at first we wrote it like a visual thing, like we just posted it as pages. Right. Like, but then for the seminar thing, we adapted we it to, for just audio. Changed yeah. it to a total audio thing, which I think almost it works better with the crazy announcements. <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's much more entertaining yes. that way. Oh. One thing I really want to point out real quick is what just passed is, so Bob's is like, do you want to hold my hand? And Bits is like, do you want to hold mine? The way that Chris read that line gutted me. Because, like, I didn't do anything to his voice. Like, I put a little bit of voice mod on both characters just to make them look a little more robotic. Sure. But the way he read it was like, like his power suddenly resurged as he was fading, and it, oh man, oh. that makes me cry. Oh, good acting, good acting. But here we are, rapper two. So, VC. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we touched on it a little bit, but um, yeah. when you read through bits and bobs, how, like, how, how do you think it affected Thomas and New? Well, after I stopped crying, oh. I started thinking, well, um, <laughs> they are in the same situation here. So it's just kind of easily say, yeah, let's let's listen to that and be sad together about it. And, um, you know, I was just trying, trying to think of how to get them to the point where, you know, they are at their lowest point and then they have hope, you know. And that just seems like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> this works perfectly. Thanks, silly Susan. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice when they work perfect, but the rapper writing is a very tough gig because you never know what you're going to get, and you have to make <laughs> yeah. it fit the story you want to tell, and that's really hard to do thematically sometimes. Exactly, yeah, yeah, but this fit just perfectly. <laughs> uh, yes, that was intentional. We wanted to uh, start you off easy. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, sure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, I'm talking about perfect fit. Here we are into the second short, One for the Road by Patrick Regan here. So, um, you know, last time you were here, you had a story about uh, a writer named Patrick talking with a podcast producer named Tilly uh, mm-hmm. about how your stories were so prophetic. And I just I got to ask, is this another one of those? Uh, well, we're going to find out, aren't we? <laughs> the question is, am I a prophet or am I warping reality? Yeah. And we've got a real Alan Wake situation going on here. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, you know, so what what drew you out to write this story? What uh, caused you to go into Texas and uh, get yourself a Texan bartender? and a... So um, there, there's a couple of things going on here. Uh, the first is that the, the base premise for this was that I, at a certain point, I looked into my old idea notebook that I got an Evernote file full of ideas and decided I needed to really make a start on doing something with it because it was just getting out of hand. 
and a lot of stuff in it was not actually like a story idea. Mm-hmm. But the very, very, very first one was literally just one sentence. It was about Schmidt, but with a vampire hunter. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that's because I wrote that back when I was in film school. Um, uh, the professor chose about Schmidt as the very first movie we watched and deconstructed. Um, and I, I sort of thought, well, this actually could make a very good short. I'm not sure there's enough meat on this bone for like a full feature, but there's a re- there's enough meat on this bone for sure. Um, and I, I ended up setting it in New Orleans uh, with a Texas bartender because I myself am actually from New Orleans. Um, I grew up there, and then I went to school in Texas, and I still have family in Texas. So, you know, these are these are people I know very well. This is a place I know very well, and I kind of wanted to write in those Southern voices again. I've sort of been writing in L.A. and New England voices uh, for a while, and I thought it'd be fun to kind of revisit my roots. Um, I, I'm very aware, by the way, I don't have an accent at all. I'm from New Orleans. <laughs> and like uh, bringing up the accent, Adam Blandford, uh, our, our favorite announcer, is the bartender here. And in the warm up for his, his lines, he was like, all right, all right. So whenever I do Texan, I have to do George W. Bush. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I know. It's funny you mentioned that because he took it in a very different direction than I was expecting to. Um, you know, Texas is a very big state, and so by definition, you know, there are a lot of different accents in, in a state as big as Texas. Mm. Um, you know, much in the same way, someone who's, t- who's from Northern California is not going to sound like someone who's from Southern California. And he definitely hit a very, uh, you know, sort of like kind of country outside of Houston vibe, um, which is very interesting and kind of made the character very gave the character a depth I wasn't expecting because the way I was sort of thinking when I wrote him was Austin. Um, uh, and, and no, you, you know, just because I happen to breakfast tacos are a big thing in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sort of made me really think about this guy. I'm like, Ooh, he's from out there. <laughs> okay. So what's going on in his life then? That's fascinating. Um, so it, it really was sort of one of those things where the actor takes things in a really different direction than you weren't expecting. But that adds a little layer of depth to a character. Isn't it cool what a voice can do to a character, the, like stuff you never would have thought of? But once you hear an actor get into it and give that person a voice, it changes the way you think about them. It's I really I really dig it. Oh, absolutely! Like the the the, the version of this character who's just sort of from Austin is a much more one note character than the, the country boy from outside of Houston. Yeah, that's funny. Like I I didn't uh, pick up on the. The location of his accent. I'm not that familiar with a lot of Texan accents. I just know the Texan drawl, you know, that one. But um, it, it's funny because a lot of the auditions were a lot of people doing the super deep, slow, like stereotypical Texan accent you might expect from a bartender. Right. And when Adam sent his in last minute, it just jumped out so much. And there was so much life to it. And I was like, ah, I kind of like that because... So. He's a kid. He's supposed to be young, right? Yeah. Like, like, you know, like the whole point of the character is that he's young and dumb and in over his head. And like, you know, you're sort of standard deep Texan drawl who's seen everything would not have gotten himself into this situation. But like a, a young, dumb kid absolutely would have. 
Exactly, and that's really what jumped out at me reading the script and listening to the auditions. I was like, well, he nailed it. Mm -hmm. But but George Worrell here is the old man. Oh my gosh, I loved him from word one. <laughs> he nails this to the wall, literally. Yeah. <laughs> so you see what I did there? One told me there would be puns on this commentary. I protest. <laughs> how long? How well do you think you know me, Dilly? There, <laughs> I should have expected. It's fine. All right, carry on. Yeah, but speaking about getting nailed to the wall and talking about accents, Jan Welch as the owner, like, um, I only got two women who auditioned for the owner, um, and the other woman I actually know personally, and she did a very good job. But her her accent and her delivery was like. Um, came across as like 20s, 30s, mm. whereas Jan Welch, when she, when I heard hers, it came off as like 40, 50, and I thought like, but not quite. Right. Like there's still a little bit of energy there. It's not like she's old. It's like, it kind of fit the ageless idea for the character. Right, like in, in I liked it. In my mind, uh, the owner has been here since, you know, the French colonized Louisiana. Ah. It's sort of like, you know, like where I wrote the French accent in. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, but I loved how, um, like, she's got a few moments where she's like, the, the one line she does, do you want to die? <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry? When she says, do you want to die? I was like, oh, shivers. Oh, yes. No, that was great. That was great. I love that. Because it's funny, because the way she takes it is not like, do you want to die this second? But the way she talks about it afterward is like, eventually, you know. Do you, do you want to die ever? Yeah. Right. The thought is not that she's about to murder him, that she's just like, okay, fine. You're fired, go away. Yeah. But simultaneously, it did feel like she was wanting, she was threatening to kill him and also deny him this gift, quote unquote. Exactly. Oh, sangria. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, uh, here, so I don't get to say this that much, but like when editing scripts, uh, I want to say what really stood out to me in this one about Patrick's thing, which it's, you know, uh, you've listened to the episode first, hopefully, so you, you already know that this story, you know, oh, that she's a vampire and he ends up killing her at the end. And it's just like this, you know, vampire, a little tiny vampire horror story but the thing that made it stood out was i was just thinking about this when he was talking about his family and just their breakfasts and the details and it all felt so real and it came alive that made the ending work so much better so uh, i just wanted to say patrick you did a a phenomenal job with it and uh, if people are looking for you know uh if you're thinking about writing scripts and stuff uh pay attention to the scripts that get through with the stuff like that that's in there and and, you know, you got to put those bits of reality into your fantasy. Thank you. Yeah, and where did those details come from? Like your personal life or just uh, you're very good at, at painting? The details of the breakfasts are, are from reality. Um, that is indeed my, fa my favorite kind of breakfast taco is that taco. Um, and my, my stepfather makes a really mean uh, full southern breakfast. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the sort of the breakfast thing actually comes from a friend of mine in high school whose mother worked the late shift. And the, the way she sort of described having breakfast with her mother was very much what I described in here. Um, you know, the, the drink thing, obviously sangria, sangre, blood, that, that was sort of I had, I had to, I started from a place of I had to mention that. Yeah, yeah. Sure. 
And and for the the other for another detail, the the Holy Joe cocktail that is an actual cocktail. Um, and that was uh, courtesy of my my girlfriend Erin. Uh, <laughs> hi, sweetheart. Um, so I know you listen to these. Uh, um, she, I actually just, she got into cocktail crafting as her quarantine hobby. Uh, and I very specifically went to her and said, can you name me some, va- uh, cocktails that would work in for a story about a vampire hunter? And I sort of gave her the, the sort of the, the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, and she came up with a couple, uh, including one that was called, there's literally a cocktail, a tequila cocktail called a vampire slayer. <laughs> but that seemed a little too on the nose. Yeah. I would have, I would have been like Patrick. No, you can't no. use that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I looked into the future, as we've established. I have prophetic powers, and saw, yeah, no, Tilly's not going to let me do that. So I went with Holy Joe. Oh wait, hang on. I love this. <laughs> I love the sound effects and the mute. I actually want to say. My favorite thing, and I have a lot of things I love about the production of this, including uh, including other performances, is the way the music changes from this sort of nice, relaxed cocktail piano music to a really sort of creepy John Carpenter-esque horror soundtrack. Yeah, because actually that was a really hard thing to find because you said you wanted like jazz music in the background in the script. And um, we used the tune peddler for our music. And so there was like a jazz song, which I put at the very beginning. But then that was like it in his library. So I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, uh, okay, piano music. We'll go with piano music. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end, though, I did want to kick it up a notch because it's like, maybe this CD player has a mind of its own. Mm-hmm. And um, when I heard that track... I was like, okay, that's good. It's a little, it's still got the piano going throughout. It's still a little bit kind of the same vibe, but it gets dark. It does. Especially with like the zhuh that I think just happened. My favorite delivery is right here. <laughs> yes. Oh, that was so good. I just love that. <laughs> what are you? And I'm just like, I'm just very much picturing him, giving him the side eye of, oh, come on. Really? Yeah. You know damn well what I am. And actually what's great is for that line in particular, I didn't have to edit inside the line. Like when I placed it, I gave it a little bit of a second there, but he he had that son. You're smarter than that. Like the timing was perfect. I didn't have to change it at all. Oh, uh, it's, it's great. Uh, no, yeah, and just like right now, the, 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 the I, I love how the music changes. Like just like the, the, the mood has changed. And like one one... One thing I like to play with is um, the idea that monster hunters should themselves always be a little bit scary. Even as they are protecting us from monsters, they themselves are a little frightening. You know, like uh, one thing I, uh, I, I like in, um, uh, in, in the Francis Ford Coppola version of Dracula, if you've ever seen it, is uh, Anthony Hopkins is playing Van Helsing like just... He comes off very unhinged and kind of scary, and that's something I like. I think there's something that comes across the performances that he is the nice man he appears to be, and he's also, you know, literally just very calmly saying, I'm going to blow up a building. Also, I just very calmly cut a person's head off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that scene where he cuts off the owner's head, uh, I, I pictured it in my head, back and forth, back and forth. I was like, is he exerting himself? No. No, he's just walking up. This is an old practice swing. Yeah. And uh, 
he he doesn't he knows exactly how much pressure, exactly where to hit. So he's not like a wild swing. No. But and afterward, he's just like, all right, job's a good one. Who wants a drink? <laughs> exactly. This is this is a man who has done this hundreds of times in the past, and he's gotten very practiced at it. You know, he he does not have the strength he used to have, but he doesn't need to because he knows precisely how much strength he needs, and not a not a not a Newton more. Yeah, yeah. Although the tricky thing I have to say was introducing the crossbow, because um, and like the bomb. Yes. Because. Uh, there's like no direction in there. Like, does he have a little piece of luggage, like a uh, wheelie luggage, or does he have a bag with him? So I did put the bag in the beginning, but as I was working on it, I was like, well, I gotta put some kind of reference to it. So when the bartender first goes talk to the owner, you can hear him in the background, like fidgeting around with stuff. Hey. And then, uh, yeah, I figured that was the introduction for it. Sorry, one last quick thought about the bomb, just because I love it. I love the way the bomb's beeping starts to sound like a heart monitor in a hospital, given that where he's just come from. I thought that was a really nice touch. Oh, I didn't even consider that, but uh, I'll take it. Incidental <laughs> wonderfulness. Yes, very good. All right, now, final rapper. And it's just about over, actually. Thomas? Um, Almost done. Ah, uh, here comes Welcome Bailey Wolf to the show. <laughs> oh my gosh, where did you come up with these names, VC? Just, just, just from my head, man. Just, 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 just riffing and thinking. Okay, Catellerin. Ah, that's a word. <laughs> I'll use that as a name, Catellerin. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Catellerin uh, is supposed to be, uh, as I say, send, 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 send the scripts. Um. Sounding like a game show host, I wanted I, I wanted someone very very buoyant, very happy to be here. Greetings, little humans. How are you? You know. <laughs> yeah, and Bailey, like uh, in her audition, totally nailed it. Yeah, I love the feeling. Yeah, and the next episode we get even more of Catellerin as she um, gets to know our uh, protagonist and see what and sees sees what's going on here. Um, and, I, and I would like to say, in in, um, in, in contrast to the uh, first short, I really didn't know what to do with the second short. <laughs> so I leave it up in the air as to whether it was random or if it was intentionally ominous, but by uh, Gatellerin. So, yeah. But we'll see what happens. Maybe there's a dark tone underneath <laughs> subtext. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, you know. yes. Indeed. Indeed. Perhaps there is. Yeah. Yeah, because the way her ship shows up is just like. <laughs> it was beautiful. Yes, the Garen, that was awesome. Like, that, was, that was great. Like, yes, that's exactly what it sounded like. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> and their ship's all rattling. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with it. Actually, I've been watching The Expanse lately, and so that kind of inspired me there. Nice. Except they don't nice. have like, warp drives or anything, but uh, a lot of ship banging. <laughs> oh, that's not oh. wrong. <laughs> well, there's both kinds in that show. It's fine. <laughs> we've, we've run out of episodes. We've yeah. Indeed. <laughs> We're into our uncharted territory now, folks. <laughs> well, talk for you. Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug before we head out? Guess not. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right. Cocktails are good. I've been drinking one this entire time because it felt in theme for my story. Mm. Have you heard of these people called Pendant? Their stuff's a corker. Go check them out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Sorry, what was what voice was that? I don't know. <laughs> voice therapy. Every voice that comes out of me every two seconds is a different one. It's yeah, who knows what's coming it's out. A lot. 
Oh, this has been a hoot. <laughs> All right. Well, VC, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Tilly and Susan, thank you. Pleasure to be here. And Patrick, thank you as well. You are most welcome. All right. And that's us for Seminar 101's commentary. All right. Have yourselves a good day.